since the next two episodes are being released for Women's History Month, mm-hmm. I thought it would be nice to kick off with who is a female artist that you recently discovered and you can't say Poppy. I'm not going to say Poppy. <laughs> I'm going to say The Pretty Reckless. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've, um, so we have a local pretty big festival that called Blue Ridge Rock Fest and I've been trying to like listen this year to the artists that are coming in advance mm-hmm. and so the pretty reckless is stopping by and Taylor Mor- Momsen Momsen from Gossip Girl if you're and listening. Cindy Lou Who yes. from The Grinch Stole Christmas itty bitty baby Cindy Lou Who <laughs> now she's like a goth singing about hell it's great it's great though I, I checked them out when I saw that because mm-hmm. they said Taylor Momsen and I was like Huh? Yeah. I'm a big fan They're of good. her voice. Yeah. It's very like raspy, almost Janis Joplin like with like this nice little like rock edge to it. And I really like the sound they have as well. I was impressed. That's the only one I've checked out of yeah. the whole lineup because I'm not going, but <laughs> I saw that post and was intrigued. I've recently discovered, thanks to a friend's Instagram post, K Flay. Say it again. K period. Uh-huh. Flay. Flay. F-L-A-Y. I don't really have any good way to describe what she sounds like, but her lyrics are just really good. Like the first song that comes to mind is her song Bad Vibes. And the opening lyric is, you got a new tattoo, dead on arrival, typed out plainly. And it's just, <laughs> it's so good. That's cool. Anyway, I'm Leah. I'm Beth Ann. And this is She Will Rack You. <laughs> The Women's History Month edition, one of two. Yes. All right, let me... I'm going to face you more. Just move Rhodey's gate that blocks him from pooping in the corner. Oh, yeah. I have a 12-foot gate (laughs) that goes through my office downstairs because my dogs... (laughs) Well, let's start with Mia. Mia likes to chew cords. She does not care if they are plugged in or not. It's not a good habit. Yeah. So that's mainly what it's for. But because Rhodey <laughs> is the little bitch that he is, he likes to. <laughs> no, I love my dog. I love them all. He, They're likes, just, he does weird things. He does some weird things. He's an odd child. He likes to go because he knows he's not allowed there. So he does revenge pooping. So he'll like find a way around the <laughs> gate. He'll go behind it and he'll poop in the corner where my wireless router is (laughs) like on it yeah like right next to it in the most (laughs) difficult position like you know he went through some like army style like crawling and like dog yoga yeah dog yoga moves to get into that position just to poop it is it's more impressive than anything dogs i love him but he's 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 a weird bird um we don't have any reviews this week we do not so leave us some Definitely. But I have something to talk about because I saw Kiss since we last That's recorded. Right. And I mean, I did days of research on Kiss for that episode. I watched videos. I yeah. listened to their music. I was not prepared for that <laughs> show. Like the text messages, cream of the crop oh, from you. Like, okay, it was a Friday night. I was really tired. I was really cold because it was freezing. It's February. Yeah. And my dumb ass only wore a fake leather jacket because I didn't think about the fact I was going to have to line up outside. But you did it for the aesthetic. I did. And that's what matters. But I froze to death. So by the time I even get into the arena, I've been standing outside for 40 minutes, freezing to death, 
I was at the wrong entrance because no one told me will call. There were more mm-hmm. multiple entrances. So I had to go back in line, which the security guard totally let me cut in front of other people. Uh, shout out to her. And so I'm like frozen. And David Lee Roth opened and he was fine. Like mm-hmm. he definitely doesn't sound like he did when he was in Van Halen. Right. But he wasn't bad. He can kick higher than I can. So he's got that going for him. And he's like 70 years old. God bless him. His wardrobe was quite interesting. And he also kept putting the microphone to his crotch, which was very <laughs> uncomfortable. And no one should touch that microphone after he's done. Yeah. All that to say, by the time it like rolled around to kiss his time, I was just kind of sitting there like, I could have been in bed right now. Yeah. I'm real tired. And then literally, they so they played the struts, two songs before they go out. And I was like, oh, okay, I can get into this. Mm-hmm. And then they, they like the lights go out and literally just hear boom and the whole stadium shakes. And I'm just like, what the hell? And like things just blew up for the next two and a half hours. That's incredible. Like, I, I was not mentally prepared. I was in awe the whole time. Like they all still wear the boots, like the yeah, high, the heel, high boots, heel boots, which most most men their age can't handle that anymore. I'm very disappointed he did not wear the Velcro sneakers, but that's okay. No, that's Steven Tyler's thing. He can't wear his fancy shoes anymore yeah. because he's f***ed up his toes. Bleep that out. Uh, that's okay. And I got a couple of thoughts coming up <laughs> in this episode. So. Okay. And so they're, they're still in these boots. At one point, Paul Stanley grabs onto like this little trapeze thing and flies across the f***ing audience <laughs> onto a mini stage, <laughs> which was closer to us, which was cool. Gene Simmons spat blood, which was honestly Good. kind of terrifying. It's real unsettling to watch when there's a camera like this far away from his face showing yeah. you. It's weird. And then he just had like blood dribble on his chest the rest of the time. The most unsettling thing was he kept doing his tongue, like where he sticks it out and wiggles it around. Yeah. And by like the third song, he had licked all the makeup off of his chin. <laughs> but then he kept doing it. And I was like, mm. it's interesting, though, because he's been spitting blood and wiggling his tongue for like 40 years. Yeah. Think about that. It's not like a one time gag. Like that's expected. That's in the contract when he when they get booked. So like, I don't know that for sure. But like, I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's you definitely better spit some blood and wiggle that damn tongue it's worked into their show that's for sure yeah and their tech is amazing like that part always fascinates me about stadium shows and i forget that that's like a thing until i go to a stadium show but like at one point they were fighting a dragon it was it was wild i was not ready for it so uh i'm pretty sure they're still on tour for like another year before this they. Is a, this is it though, this right? is their final world tour ever wow. final tour ever they already played for the Sharks. We're winding down the tour. <laughs> you <laughs> really can't go anywhere else once you play for the Sharks. They played for everybody possible. But if if you're listening to this and they're coming to your area, go see it. Like, I won my tickets and I probably wouldn't have gone otherwise. And I never would have known the crazy experience I would have missed out on. That's awesome. Cool stuff. So, first... International Women's Month. Is that what it is? I think it's, it's Women's, Women's History Women's Month. Women's History Month. Okay. Women's History Month episode. And we have to cover the queen. The badass of them all. And she has to be like the most misunderstood artist in the industry. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty convinced on this. I don't know. We might, we might have another more misunderstood one later. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like our good friends, 
okay, they're not actually, we're not friends with them, but you know, we're available if they want to be friends. But like our good friends, the Wilson sisters from Heart, this female artist has gone through her own round of dot, 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 rumors. Hey. I was really proud of that. I see what she did there. <laughs> that's rumors with a U. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> and we have, are, of course, talking about Her Majesty, Queen Stevie Nicks. Fun fact, I have a stray cat. Oh, yeah. I forgot named, about this. He hasn't, she, she, he, I don't know what it is, but they haven't come around to my house recently. So it's I hope been they're cold. Okay. It has been cold. But I do have a stray cat named after Stevie Nicks, which I'll talk more about later on in a segment. But the cat may or may not be a witch. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer, we are not going to be covering too much Fleetwood Mac. Like I was telling Leah before, that is a whole other shit show <laughs> that I can't wait to cover. But we need to dedicate that to another episode. So we'll touch lightly on Fleetwood Mac, but we're not really going to get too much into the details on it. We're going to stick more in her solo career. Which Fleetwood Mac was not a whole much, like it wasn't that much of her career. It, it was like a it's good like, chunk of it, but it wasn't like, no, she was more of a standalone yeah. artist. Absolutely. I'm also not covering every album she's created because like we often do for the show, these artists have decades long uh-huh. careers. And if you like what you're hearing, just go read more about the artist. There's a Go great music. audiobook called Gold Dust Woman. I highly recommend it. The narrator's a little slow, but it's full of great information. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. So Stephanie Lynn Nix. I like that. Well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a normal name. I know. But that's Stephanie. Not how I think of her. Yeah, I know. Stephanie is born on May 26, 1948 in Phoenix, Arizona. Her parents were Jess and Barbara Nix. Her father was in the food business, so they moved all over the place, including Albuquerque, which I definitely spelled wrong five times and then copied and pasted it. It's a lot of cues. It's a lot of cues and a lot of U's. Yes. Salt Lake City, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, just to name a few. Now, her mom growing up was a little bit protective of her and didn't let Stephanie... Yeah, it doesn't feel right. No, it it? doesn't feel right. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't let her go outside as much as other kids. However, she did introduce her daughter to books about fairy tales and magic. And that would really stick with her the rest of her life. Um, It was also during her youth that she picked up her signature stage name. When she was a child, she could only pronounce her name as T.D., which turned into Stevie. That's not even close. I, I, I literally tried to figure it out for a solid five minutes. I was like, where did like that word associate? How could that be pronounced, pronunciated to get to that? But Kids are weird. I don't know. Yeah, they are. She first started getting involved in music at the age of four when her grandpa would teach her how to sing duets. Aww. That's really adorable. And as she grew up, she was constantly playing records and quote, lived in her own musical world. Then at age 16, she received a Goya guitar. The first song she wrote was I've Loved and I've Lost and I'm Sad, but not Blue. That's cute, (laughs) but not good. Long title. (laughs) (laughs) Featuring Panic at the Disco. But in high school, she joined her first band, a folk rock band called The Changing Times. The most Mm. 60s name. Yeah. It reminds me of that one 60s song about the changing of times. 
It's not the worst band name we've heard. No, we've heard a lot worse. But then in her senior year of high school, she meets Lindsay Buckingham. Hey. Now, how I met, how I met, how <laughs> they met, I believe. But it's a great like story, like slash a star is born kind of moment. So I'm going to just roll with it and just say this is how they met. But one day she saw Lindsay playing and singing California Dreamin'. And she chimes in on harmony. Isn't that adorable? Side note, not my notes. He was playing at a young life. <laughs> like like, like the, the young Christian, life? Like, a, like the Christian Association Young Life. He's like California dreaming about drugs at a young life. They probably didn't know it was about drugs. No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. I was, this is a complete side tangent, but I was listening to this podcast about this show called The Lawrence Welk Show which was like this big old timey show in the seventies uh-huh. where all the old people used to watch it. And he accidentally picked a song about drugs and token, but because it said Lord Jesus in it, he thought it was a religious <laughs> song and put it in there. I feel like a lot of old people function that way. <laughs> and it's the seventies too. So token is not really a phrase No, that wasn't as used in their no. demographic. Anyway, oh well. yeah, it, well, it's like the, uh, the meme. <laughs> This is not relevant at all, but the meme where it says, um, my, well, I forget, it's not really a meme, but it's this, the thing that circulates where the, the grandma has a photo of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan instead of <laughs> Jesus on her, on her mantle. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, but with that's, music. that's pretty much it. But anyway, it was love ever since. Now, at this time, he's in a band called Fritz. And Fritz opened for Jimi Hendrix and my girl Janis Joplin it's a big bill that is and two members were leaving for a thing called college (laughs) nerds so Lindsay asked Stevie to take the role of lead vocals now Fritz had a good run but they did unfortunately disband in 1972 probably for the best however Lindsay and Stevie would continue to keep writing music together and they even secured a record deal but they only released one album under their duo name, Buckingham Nicks. Yeah, I don't like that. I didn't like that in the biography either. No, no, it's horrible. It's, no. It doesn't mesh no. at all. The al- They should have just did like Nicks. They should have done, I don't know, even their first names, Stevie and Lindsay. I don't know, then they sound like Lindsay. two girls. Yeah. I don't know. But the album didn't go anywhere, and the duo was shortly dropped from the record label afterwards. But, um, Right after they got dropped, Buckingham actually contracted granular granular fever and it required Nix to work multiple jobs. And during this time... Look at her supporting him. I know. Woman always... And his sick ass. Pulling up the bootstraps, <laughs> gonna go... You got some granular fever, get your ass up and get to work. We'll see that that's a theme in these two episodes. <laughs> um, but during this time, Stevie is introduced to something called cocaine. And is told, it's just recreational and it cannot hurt you. What were they thinking in the 70s when they educated people about (laughs) drugs? Good Lord. (laughs) They put it in (sighs) soda. It's hilarious. They would always, this is why we have like the FDA and different organizations like that that do a lot of regulations because these 
marketers would just come in and be like, yeah, this is the best drug you can possibly have in your body. It cures cancer. Like they'll just make up these stupid claims. You may not remember what you did for three days, but you'll feel good. (laughs) You'll feel great. But however, things start looking up for the duo and it's not because they're on uppers. Second fun. Eh, I'll give you a groan for that one. But Lindsay gets a gig with Everly Brothers. Okay. It's around this time that their relationship starts hitting a couple of bumps. CV wrote during this time Rhiannon and also Landslide, which was about her and Buckingham growing distant. Foreshadowing. In 1974, producer Keith Olsen is meeting with drummer Mick Fleetwood and shows him the song Frozen Love from Buckingham Nick's only album. He obviously likes what he hears because he calls Lindsay and asks him to join his band, but he refuses and states, we got a Pantera moment here. Oh no. <laughs> that Stevie and him are a package deal. Okay, good. Well, I mean, good for him, I guess. Yeah, but that's what that, he's sticking to his guns and Mick agrees and it was a great decision, obviously, because her song Landslide received three million airplays. Yeah. Like she made them. Yeah. That's and it. then Rhiannon, which is off that same album, the Fleetwood Mac self-titled album, reached onto Rolling Stone's 500 best songs of all time. She was immediately known for her intense theatrical performances on stage. So to solidify her persona, she started working with designer Margie Kent to create her iconic gypsy mystical looks all dressed in black her little shawl oh yeah that spinning around with her tambourine yes it's such a good look like i said we're not going to talk too much about this album here i'm going to save it for another episode but i will say this this album coming up is built on breakups and arguments within the band this is rumors Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that album, like I was just reading the wiki page for it and I was like, whew. Things were not good in that they, band. The, there's a reason why that album was called Rumors. Uh-huh. But we'll get into that later point. But Stevie's song Dreams, uh, which was the band's only number one single on the Billboard Hot 100, hmm. was all that. about breakups that were happening. Her other song, Silver Springs, which didn't make it on the first round, but later when they did a re-release in, I think, 1992, it showed up, was about her relationship with Lindsay. And then the song, Go Your Own Way, (laughs) was written by Lindsay about her. Oof. But Nick records two more albums with Fleetwood Mac, Tusk in 1979 and Mirage in 1980. She does stay with them a little bit longer um, past that. But during the recording of Tusk, Stevie starts working on her own songs on the side and eventually has a catalog of songs that can't nor I think wants to bring over to Fleetwood Mac. So this leads to her first solo album slash best cover art of all time, Belladonna, which was released in 1981. Just the witchy one? The witchy cover? They're all witchy. Okay, the, the, the really witchy yeah, one? Yeah, the really <laughs> witchy one with the owl or the pigeon, yeah, 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 whatever yeah. it is, the white pigeon, and there's yeah. like fog everywhere. Yeah. It was a commercial and critical success. It reached number one on Billboard 200. Went platinum in less than three months. Take of its that, release. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. She's the reason why. <laughs> I Take mean, that, Lindsay. Yeah. Hits on the album includes Stop Dragging My Heart Around, written by Tom Petty. 
Hey. <laughs> Took me two days, but I remembered his name. <laughs> we literally. <laughs> so I told Lee at the gym, this episode's going to be full of tons of tangents. Yesterday. But that's okay. Was he? Uh, no, no, no. It's two days ago. Well, Monday. It's only Tuesday. Yeah, today is Tuesday. Shit. Is <laughs> it? Okay. So Monday. We were literally like, who? What? Rock guitarist did she date? And we were just like, what? I don't know. Eric Clap? No. No. Was it Bob Dylan? No. no. And then I get a text right before I leave work saying it was Tom Petty. <laughs> I remembered while I was driving and I just like pull up my phone and I was like, talk to text. Tom Petty. And I was like, that needs context probably. <laughs> But took but me yeah, two they, days. They, they did date for a time after I was like, I don't know. She stayed a lot of people. They toured. He brought her along on his tour to Australia just as company. Yes. Yes. They also like wrote a lot of songs for each other. Mm-hmm. Which and, is cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think they're still like really good friends. I can see that. So then it had Stop Dragging My Heart, The Edge of 17, which has to be one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Leather and Lace. And a song written for Leah Jones after the glitter fades yes <laughs> you will still find it all over your house for months to that's come. that's it that's the song after the glitter fades it doesn't it, it doesn't. doesn't fade it's not possible <laughs> i'm still finding glitter from the last time i wore my my like non-gel glitter yeah in august oh my it gosh. is february and i still will randomly just find a star stuck to something <laughs> i'm like where did you come from that's hilarious after the album release, Rolling Stones gave her the title, the reigning queen of rock and roll. Valid. However, Nyx never really got to enjoy the success of that album because the day the album was released, she was told her pregnant best friend had cancer and only had three months to live. When her best friend gave birth, Stevie was appointed the godmother. And then after her best friend's death, Stevie married the widower, believing it was what Robin wanted her best friend so that they they could take care of the child i feel like you could have done it without marrying him yeah like they weren't in love like she even said like we weren't in love we were grieving and didn't know what to do yeah so they're like well might as well just get married getting married is not the answer no <laughs> getting married is never the answer. it's never i'm just kidding <laughs> um but they did divorce three months later oh so that really so. didn't last <laughs> no it was literally like well we should take care of the child co-parent we'll do this from afar yeah um so her follow-up solo album is the wild heart also a good album cover was released in 1983 it was recorded within only a few months i think it was like right after her best friend died and then she just i guess went right into the studio and started recording and that album go on to hit number five on the billboard 200 and go double platinum it included hits such as Stand Back, Nightbird, and If Anyone Falls. So at this point, Stevie's just killing it in her solo career. She's still chilling with Fleetwood Mac, from my understanding. And she's in this like cycle of she's touring solo, records with Fleetwood, tours with Fleetwood, records a solo album. But as we have learned on this podcast, the rock and roll life is a hard one. Yeah. So you got to do some recreational activities yeah. <laughs> to keep yourself motivated. <laughs> so after the re- release of her third album, Rock a Little, she goes to see a plastic surgeon about re-sculpting her nose. And she asks the surgeon, what do you think about my nose? And he replies back, I think if you do any more cocaine, you'll drop dead. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah. But so at this cross- 
crossroads in her life. She talks about remembering some of her idols like Jimmy and Janice, who all died at 27 due to drug overdoses. Uh huh. In an interview, she states, I saw how they went down and a part of me wanted to go down with them. But then another part of me thought I would be very sad if some 25 year old lady rock and roll singer 10 years from now said, I wish Stevie Nicks would have thought about it a little more. That kind of what stopped me and made me really look at the world through clear eyes. That's a great way of looking at it. That is a great Because I think like in the rock and roll world, it's almost like cool to like, what if I die from drugs? Man, I'm doing what I love. And it's like from her perspective, it's like, no, let's think about future generations. So good move, Stevie. Thank you. So at the end of the tour, she checks herself into the Betty Ford Center for a 30-day program to overcome her cocaine addiction. And then later on that year, she starts growing concern. She's been clean for a little bit, but she's afraid she's going to relapse. So her doctor puts her on clonopin, which is technically better than cocaine, but it's really not. It's just legal. Is yeah, that the only basic, benefit? So the, the drugs in the 80s, like the prescription drugs, are not, it was not a good time to be taking drugs other than Tylenol back this then. This is why Big Pharma exists, but that's a whole other yeah. side. Right? Yeah, but because of that, she developed an eight-year dependency on the drug. Cool. And sta- More rehab. Yeah, <laughs> and stated about it, Clonopin was worse than cocaine. I lost eight years of my life. I didn't write and I gained so much weight. She also was prescribed another drug called Clonase Pam, which made her forget an entire tour she was on. She literally to this day has no memory of being on this tour. That's a prescription terrifying. drug did that. That's I don't like that. Yeah. Don't don't take dr- drugs in the 80s. <laughs> Be sure don't to time c- travel to the 80s and take prescription drugs. Please clear all your prescriptions with your doctor. <laughs> yes. Understand all the side effects. <laughs> Listen to the guy in the commercial speak really fast. Yes. You may die. It's fine. It, it's all good. But after tripping and falling and cutting her forehead open in her home during a baby shower, she knew it was due to the clonopin and decided to endure, quote, an excruciating 47-day detox in a hospital. Why did it take so long? I mean, think about it. Cocaine took 30 days. Yeah, that's like a normal length. To get off this drug, 47. It's stupid. After the detox, she came out with her album Street Angel in 1992, which was unfortunately poorly received. And reporting of her tour to support that album was only focused on her weight. So she was not happy with that reception and she decided not to step on a stage again until she slimmed down. Couple thoughts on this. (laughs) This is the 80s, right? This is 1992. That makes way more sense. So we're still in that... We're starting in that TMZ The 90s world. were not into curves. No, they all. were not. So once again, a woman gains weight and reporters only focus on that aspect. And we said a little bit about this with Ann Wilson from the Heart episode who had a similar situation. But the amount of pressure to lose weight would have never been... Would never been applied to a male performer. No. Very seldom gets applied to male performers. So moral of the story, can we please be kinder to people? Nah. Let them live their lives. Media is not going to do that. I know. That's stupid. But anyway. We are better than the 90s. I will say. We are. 
Like everyone in the nineties had an eating disorder because of that. So correct. We're, 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 we're getting there. Progressing. We definitely are. There's a little, little bit more focus on health. Yes. In a health, in a good way and not focused on diet necessarily. Yeah. So it's a good direction. We just need to remember to stay in that direction. Let's get a little better. Yeah. Focus on body positivity wherever people are. Let them be. But anyway. Don't ruin someone's career over it. Yes. Yes. Um, But throughout the 90s, she focused on her health, which is great, and starts writing songs about her clonopin dependence, which would later be featured on her 2001 album, Trouble in Shangri-La. Shangri-La? Shangri-La. Shangri-La. Interesting title. Shangri-La. Kind of crazy because she started writing for the album 1995. It's a long album. Yeah. That's how long it took for her to write and record it because that's, I think it was a confidence thing because remember, she kind of stopped writing. Yeah. And, but good for her to like get back. And her brain was probably all foggy from all the drugs, missing memories she apparently doesn't have. Exactly. So throughout the 2000s and 2010s, Stevie Nicks continues to record and perform. She is known with collaborating with numerous of artists. She, like even from her early days with Bella Donna, she was like collaborating with Tom Petty, Don Henley, all these bros. She also still collaborates with newer artists such as Lana Del Rey. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go find that. I think it was like on her 2016 album or something like that. Huh. In 2019, she became the first and only woman to be inducted into the Rock and Hall of Fame twice. Oh. Once for Fleetwood. And then once as a solo artist. Good for her. One of the coolest parts about her throughout her career is she stayed true to her signature black gypsy look, including flowy skirts and tall boots. Apparently she wore the boots because she's only five foot one. I feel that. <laughs> I had a feeling as soon as I said the, the height you're going to give a comment. And she said she felt a little ridiculous standing next to Mick Fleetwood, who is six foot six. Holy shit. Who wouldn't feel... <laughs> I should make fun of someone's height, but like That's five just foot sh- one to six foot six. I mean, I also feel that pain, but yeah, that's one and a half, almost one and a half feet. It's almost 18 inches difference in yeah. the height. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course she is known for her props on stage, including her tambourine and would often decorate her microphone with flowers, ribbons, roses, and even stuffed toys. In early 2000, she started a charity called Stevie Nicks Band of Soldiers, where she wanted to be able to like visit wounded soldiers and like leave them something. So she started gifting them items such as an iPod Nano because it's early 2000s. 2000. And she would fill it with music. So that's really nice. And her music had general had a huge impact on numerous of artists from Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Courtney Love. Courtney Love, her band covered Gold Dust Woman and Landslide was covered by the Dixie Chicks. That's the first version I ever heard. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the first version I heard too. I don't know why it was. I think was. every mom had that that uh, cassette in their van. Was that Dixie Chicks had, where that's on We it. had a CD, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, some of us. <laughs> Mom some also, of us had to drive a Windstar 1998. <laughs> Mom also did not drive a van, but. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Edge of 17 has been covered by Lindsay Lohan. 
Well, they made a movie called Edge of Seventeen. Was that in it? Did they? Yeah, I, you know why I know this? Because the Struts covered Ballroom Blitz for that movie. Oh, re- wait, really? Yeah. I didn't know this. Hold on. I don't know. I don't Lindsay know what it's about. Lohan Edge of Seventeen. I don't know if it's part of the movie or what. She looks so different. Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. This yeah. Is released in 2005. Okay, not the same thing. No. Okay. Adult um, Lindsay Lohan is unsettling. I feel like she should be eternally 17. Yeah. And it weirds me out. No, same. Because Hilary Duff looks the same. No, she has... She literally looks like Lizzie McGuire. Yes. Like... Slightly older, but not much. No, yeah. Lindsay Lohan did a lot of drugs, though. Let yeah. us not forget. Yeah. But covered by Lindsay Lohan and sampled by Destiny's Child. Interesting. Yeah. So that's all fine and dandy information, but let's get down to important things. Is she a witch, damn it? No, you forgot American Horror Story. Oh, well, no, no, no. I have that in the next section. With This is called Witch Rumors. Okay, okay. Spelled with a U. I'm Brian Colburn. And I'm Jay Sweet. And we're the co-hosts of Tune Styles, a podcast aimed at the music nerd in us all. Each listener interactive episode hones in on a different musical topic or artist. Featuring guest interviews, listener polls, and roundtable discussions about the music that shaped the soundtrack to our lives. You can find us at TuneStylesPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Subscribe to TuneStyles and be a part of our weekly musical conversation. Stay tuned. So... The answer to if is Stevie Nicks a witch? Yes, probs not. But also, who fucking cares? I do. I <laughs> want her to be a witch <laughs> so badly. Well, I mean, to answer your question, might as well bring this up. And I think it was 2014. She basically played herself. Oh yeah, but as an actual witch, as part of the coven in American Horror Story, yeah. oh, which is the best episode of the best season of American Horror Story. <laughs> but that's beside the point. But ever since her song Rhiannon, which was written once again about a fantasy novel she read, people have always made up rumors that she's a witch. And the thing is, she's always been interested in fantasy writing ever since she was a kid, and her mom really wouldn't let her go outside. Mm-hmm. She'd be reading fantasy novels. And it's no different than a dude being obsessed with Lord of the Rings. Like, you don't see guys calling out other guys saying, what are you, a freaking wizard? Like, you don't <laughs> see that. Like, this is stupid. It's it's literally just like the Salem witch trials of old. Like, she's a witch. She's a witch. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know if you have this in here. What? But uh, when I when I listened to the, the autobiography or the biography, they talked about how, like, a lot of their audience when they were first starting out, like they got the really shitty slots on getting their videos played. Oh, really? Um, so like the, the 2 a.m. slots, like the uh, really yeah, early yeah. morning slots. So a lot of people watching the music channels were stoners. And so when uh, you have this lady in a, in a video wearing a shawl stuff, yeah. and a tambourine, that's... That's probably how it started. I could see that. They were like, oh, that he hears like there's a cat in the dark, then it goes to darkness like witch. Yes. <laughs> there's just like a lady, t- you know, swirling around with a tambourine and they're just like, yeah, out of their minds. High. No, it's a possibility. That, that makes sense. But back in the early day of her career, Mia wants to contribute. Is that Mia or Rody? I think it's Mia. I'll find I don't know. Later. 
But back in the early days of her career, when these rumors started, she would receive hate mail, accused of being a witch. Welcome to the 70s. She also was terrified of being kidnapped. Because I guess like some people were saying like, I'm going to kidnap you because you're a witch. Who are these people? Maybe I'm reading into it, but that's, I believe, the impression. In an interview with the LA Times, she says, (laughs) this is one of my favorite quotes of all time. In the beginning of my career, the whole idea that some wacky, creepy people were writing, you're a witch, you're a witch, was so arresting. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I just wear black because it makes me look thinner, you idiots. (laughs) Okay. Quote of the year. Like, make that... Someone make it for like Women's History Month and just take that quote. We'll we'll make it. Yes. We'll make it. We got to do it. But this is why I have a straight black cat on my street that I have named Stevie. Because like Nick's, black cats are also misunderstood. They are. But, and probs not involved in witchcraft. But might be. But might be. We don't know. I mean, if my cat shows up on American Horror Story, then it's, it's okay. The show's garbage now. Yeah. <laughs> Side rant. <laughs> but that's all I have. We don't have beer. We don't have beer. What's wrong with us? We can we can recommend a beer. What's okay. The last beer that you drink. That was good. That was good? I have one. I'll save it for my next episode. But. I think the last thing I drank was that, honestly, was just Bold Rock. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Bold Rock. No. It was just the Virginia, the Virginia Apple one. It's pretty good. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review. If you do, we'll read it on the show, but not if it's bad. Uh, special thanks to... <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Josh Tarpley for our intro riff and Lauren Page Photography for our cover art. Shout out to Backline and Speaker Tree. If you're in Lynchburg, go check them out for records and coffee. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at She Will Rock You Podcast. We're on Twitter at She Will Rock the Letter U Pod. You can follow us individually at Beth Ann Tarpley and at Leah Elizabeth. J. You want to send us an email? You can do that too. It's She Will Rock You Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, don't do drugs. And don't call people a witch. And don't do cocaine. And or don't take do prescription con- medicine. On a pin. Also, don't take drugs that make you forget you were on tour. Don't subscribe to Big Pharma. <laughs> 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 okay, bye.